grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. If you take your Bibles tonight and turn to Daniel 6, Daniel 6, um, just a quick message from the pastor. I'm going to read this if I can actually see it. Um, he just wanted to let everybody know that um, he's supposed to be taking it easy and not to drive for a while. But they also said no stress. But if Janice is driving, I'll be fully stressed. Has anybody ridden with him? They called it a hemorrhagic stroke my second in four weeks, but I think it was simply a stroke of genius. I'm shooting for next Sunday unless my license to carry wife threatens to shoot me. <laughs> Tell them also don't practice while the cat's away that they are going to play hooky. And then he also wants to just thank you for the prayers and tests that they have. He has in upcoming uh, days uh, will hopefully help um, try to figure out exactly what's going on and how to treat it. And he also made the statement that medical people keep threatening me with heaven. So um, anyway, just keep him in your prayers, and um, we're, we're trusting he'll be back uh, quickly. And after this message, he may be back sooner than later. This is a, this is a message tonight that is not, um, it, it's going to be controversial, I'm just saying. But I want to tell you all this, that I, I love you. Okay, and I'm just getting that off of the, my plate really quick. I love you guys, and but I, I feel really strongly that this is something that God has has led me to give tonight. So um, just just bear with it. And and again, there's we need to take God's word and to be able to apply it to our lives, and that's what we're going to try to do tonight. Um, Daniel six. Over 200 years ago, our founding fathers created this document, and it was, uh, it's called the United States Constitution. Within that Constitution, there's also what's called a Bill of Rights. Um, and within that actual document, it gives man's conscience as supreme. In other words, it gives laws and laws of the land, but it also gives that man's conscience, his conscience, which this was a country that was found on a biblical foundation. So that conscience that man had was from God. And that was supreme. If man's conscience um, usurped something within that constitution, the constitution basically said, we'll stand back because it's your conscience that is so critically important um, to this nation. It's a difficult process to change something within the constitution. However, our founding fathers wanted to make it difficult to change it because they didn't want a rogue, um, a group of people, maybe a branch, maybe Congress or, or a president. They didn't want somebody like that to be able to change this document so easily. You see, this document um, is the supreme document of the United States of America. No, no legislative branch can change the Constitution of the United States. Nobody can usurp the laws of the Constitution of the United States. Not Congress, not local authorities, not even the President of the United States can usurp the Constitution of the United States. And it was specifically designed for that because our founding fathers knew that people and time could change, but that Constitution needed to be steadfast. Thomas Jefferson and others have openly stated that there could be times that people would need to take back the authority of the Constitution of the United States. Thomas Jefferson himself said that because he realized that perhaps at some point in time that man would start getting further and further away from that Constitution and the, the citizens of this United States of America may at some point in time have to actually take it back. And there's places in the Bill of Rights and the amendments that really specifically are set in place for that to actually, um, if that could actually happen, and it could. Within that Constitution, there's a First Amendment. And this is what the First Amendment says. It's, it's been quoted so many times by so many different groups and people. 
This is what it says. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I have seen so many times where our government has overstepped their authority. And I've also seen where that many, many times, um, every time that there's a law that perhaps is usurping the Constitution of the United States, I'll have Christians and non-Christians alike will go to Romans 13. And then they will start arguing the Romans 13 chapter. In Romans 13, it's, it's the chapter where it discusses about authority and how we are to respect and obey authority. But you see, there's authority above man's authority, and that is God's authority and God's laws. If you would take your Bibles and turn to Daniel 6, and and as soon as you find your place, go ahead and stand for this. This is a little bit lengthy, but we we will get through this. And I'm going to start in verse 1, Daniel 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princess might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no occasion or fault, forasmuch as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes um, assembled together to the king and said, thus, and, they, and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal uh, statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever sh- shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast in the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it may that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Whoever King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. And they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within thirty days save thee? Uh, save of thee, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said unto before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, were sore displeased with himself. He set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He labored till, till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Now, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor, nor statute which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded that he brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet. 
and with the signet of his lords, with that purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went to haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the, the lions' mouths that they not hurt me, forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me, I also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Then the king, then was the king exceedingly glad, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded that they brought those which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, their wives, and the lions had mastery of them and broke all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, Men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, his dominion shall um, be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus and the Persian. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for this, um, this word, Lord, of testimony of Daniel. Lord, I, I come to you humbled, Lord. Um, this is a difficult topic. Lord, I pray that it will be presented, Lord, as you would have it be presented. I pray, Lord, that there's nothing that I say or do tonight, Lord, that would, would hinder your word or the gospel. Lord, I pray this all in your precious holy name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, had ransacked Jerusalem. And in the process, he took many of the children of Israel to Babylon. And they were in captivity for a number of years. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar died... His son, Belshazzar, became king. He was followed by King Darius and Cyrus. This is important, and I will I'll get to this in just a minute. The question I have is, through this, Daniel lived through three different rulers, or four different rulers. He lived through four different rulers. And through that, um, the whole purpose of them coming into captivity is there were young people. There were young people that were um, somewhat educated. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to indoctrinate them into the Babylonian culture. They spent three years working on trying to, to indoctrinate these young people into a culture. And they made every possible way to make them forget the God of their people and embrace the Babylonian's pagan culture. Instead, Daniel and his three Hebrew friends remained true to Jehovah God. Throughout their years in Babylon, they continued to remain true to him. Also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I remember when I was a young boy, a young man growing up, I would hear this, this story many times, and it was usually at night my mom would be telling me this story. And I always understood Shadrach, Meshach, and the last one was to bed we go. And for years, I thought it was to bed we go, but apparently it wasn't. Daniel and his friends knew what it took to stand for God. You see, Daniel came into captivity 
um, into Babylon probably as a teenager. He was probably somewhere between 15 and 17 years old. And when he was carried off into, into captivity, but when this incident happened where he was thrown into the lion's den, he was probably in his late 70s to early 80s when that happened. Now, I want you to think about that. He was in captivity for that long a period of time, um, working under the rulers of pagan, pagan people that worship pagan gods. But you see, he was true to the God of the universe. He was true to Elohim, his creator. He was true to Jehovah, my Lord God. El Shaddai, my supplier. Adonai, my master. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. See, Daniel knew who his God was, and he knew who he served. Tonight, I'm going to give you seven points. I know that that most sermons are supposed to be a three-point outline. Um, I don't know how to do that, so we have seven points tonight that I want to bring up that I believe that can be a benefit to us, especially during the time that we're, we're living, um, especially in the era that, that we have a coronavirus. Um, we're doing all kinds of things, our government is, to try to prevent the spread of that virus. But I think that these three points will help us tonight get a good understanding of the relationship God and government have together. The first point I want to point out tonight is Daniel had an excellent spirit. Look at verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the, the, prince, the uh, presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Those of an excellent spirit will hold a higher standard than the world. And, any, and even many in the church. Our directive from, from God is that we have that excellent spirit. Not only are we to be a testimony, a verbal testimony of our Savior, but we are also to have a testimony of an excellent spirit within us. Churches today have lowered their standards so drastically that many people, the world, do not even see that excellent spirit that's supposed to be within us. We are to be an example of our Lord Jesus Christ in a way that attracts people to him. In fact, in like Galatians 5.22, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I would ask tonight, do you have an excellent spirit? Is it a spirit that the world would be drawn to? The second thing Daniel had was he was faithful and without fault. In verse 4 it says this, Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful neither was there any error nor fault found in him. Church, tonight, are we faithful to what God has called us to do? Are we faultless before man? Is our testimony before the world faultless? You see, Daniel developed godly habits in a very ungodly world. You need to remember that when he was in captivity as a teenager... And when this incident happened in the lion's den, he was 80. So he lived out his life that was perceived as he was without fault. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You see, remember Paul, he was under house arrest in Rome, facing execution when he was saying this for disobeying the government, for disobeying the government and obeying God's laws. The third thing I want to point out about Daniel, see, we're going pretty fast on this, so the seven doesn't sound too awfully bad tonight. The third thing I want to point out tonight is Daniel faced opposition because of his faith. 
Daniel faced opposition because of his faith. Look at Daniel uh, 6, 4, the first part of um, 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Are you living for Christ and serving him? You will have opposition. If you do not have opposition, then I would suggest that maybe you are not living out your faith. And that opposition will not just come from the world, it will come from the church. If you stand for righteousness, you will have opposition. I, I remember when I was um, working um, a little more active in politics, we had a, a principle that we were working on. It was a, it was actually, was a, we were trying to fight Common Core. And I had more opposition from our friends on my party's side than I had on the other side. I had more opposition on that issue. You're going to have opposition if you take a stand for anything. Um, and don't be a carnal Christian who gives God's work opposition. Don't be a carnal Christian who constantly tries to find fault with God's people and God's ministry. Don't be someone who has to give, um, who has to give his opinion on everything, and most of the time it's negative. And it's it's designed to tear others down. Don't be one that's accuser of the brethren. See, that's Satan's job. Don't be taking Satan's job. If you're a child of God. You will not get away with that for long. You see, many times people seek to find fault with what with you, or they'll just make it up many times. I remember um, this has been a, a few years ago. Again, I was at a, um, a big event that we were uh, trying to get um, some, some passes, some resolutions passed, specifically on Common Core. And the press were there, and um, a lot of people were there. There were somebody in the press. There was a, a major ma- a member of, a, of the press that was a state newspaper. It was a statewide newspaper. And I had just got done in this debate, and I was, I was just wore out um, over the debate. And um, somebody said, hey, Randy, these, uh, these people, they want to talk to you. And they told me the name of the press. And I said, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm just not going to talk to them. And um, so they were calling me. They're, they're calling my phone, and I just, I just didn't answer it. Well, that was on a Saturday. Sunday, the Sunday paper came out on the very front page. My name was on this paper, and it was a quote that they said I quoted. And I looked at that, and I was like, I didn't even talk to these people. How in the world would they, would they quote me? So I call him up on Monday, and I said, why did, you, why did you quote me? I didn't even talk to you. And they said, well, we just thought that would be something you might, that you might have, would have said if we did get to talk to you. And my point is this. People are going to attack you. They're going to make stuff up about you. There was a, um, there was a, a newspaper article came out in the New York Times it was an op-ed article, but New York Times actually, um, actually released the article. This is what the article said. The religious right is anti-science. The religious right supports Donald Trump, and he welcomes their support. Therefore, America is, is doing much worse in our fight with the coronavirus than we could be. If Donald Trump had not chosen to ally himself with those anti-science Bible thumpers, the whole world would be better off. End of quote. That was in um, March 27, 2020, New York Times paper. A couple weeks ago, there was a pastor in Hillsborough County that um, was arrested. And during the time of the arrest... There was a press conference that was put out at the very same time the sheriff decided to have a press conference. This is Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department Sheriff. And in this press conference, 
if you would actually go back and listen to this, you would think that it was coming from some kind of a left behind series or something. You would be, it would absolutely just startle you to no end if you listen to this press conference of this sheriff um, completely just, just destroying the character of this pastor. Well, I remember the time that that came out. I remember the day it came out. And I started getting phone calls on this. And I had Christians just railing on this pastor. Christians was railing on this guy. And I said, I said a couple times, I said, well, did you talk to this guy? Did you know anything? Well, here's what the paper said, and this is what the sheriff said, and this is what, and, and I, said, I, I said, let me ask you a question. If it's on the Internet, is it true? And he got mad, and he hung up on me. Well, here's the rest of the story about this sheriff. Um, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the pastor. The sheriff went out, and he made the comments. He said this. He said, um, these people um, are just uh, thumbing their nose in front, and he didn't say it exactly this way, because of this coronavirus. They were not, um, they were hugging each other, and it was a mega church, and they were, they were, they were not using social distancing, and um, all he's going to do is cause th- deaths of hundreds and thousands of people because of this. And he went on and on and on about this, about this. Well, the time that he was doing the press conference, they were on their way to the house to arrest the guy. They hadn't even arrested him when he started the press conference. This is how ridiculous this is. And when, the, when, they, when it was asked, why did you not just call him into the sheriff's department? Why did you like, go out to his house and arrest him? And this is what he said. This is what the sheriff said, because we... We suspect it, or no, let me rephrase that. He said, we knew that, that this pastor had a cache of guns at his church. Well, this is, all, this is all public information now, okay? This guy sounds real like a really bad dude, I mean, when, this, when the sheriff got done with them. Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. The, pastors, the pastor had hired two of the sheriff deputies... To, to keep the church, to patrol the church on Sundays and Wednesday nights. It was his own deputies that had the cache of weapons. I say this because, and it goes on, the pastor, he got, to, to this point, he's got two misdemeanors. Um, he was, um, he did um, have, to, have to give a um, pay bail. And it goes on that um, this is what the actual church, this is the rest of the story, this is what the church actually did. Every person in the church um, was required when they came to the church to use hand sanitizer. All the staff wore gloves. Um, all the auditorium was set up in, um, where that they had individual chairs in the auditorium. Every, and the chairs were all placed six feet apart. They brought in a $100,000 air handler system that would actually capture uh, micro bile micro um, it was it was to kill microbes is what they had brought in um, hundred thousand dollar unit then very specifically to do that they moved every everybody six feet apart they used uh, appropriate separation etc the rest of the story is that the sheriff and the pastor had had a conversation that Thursday, and the sheriff had given him permission to have the church open. That's the rest of the story. This is in Hillsborough County, Georgia, or Florida, or Florida, Hillsborough County, Tampa. That's the rest of the story. That's the story that the sheriff didn't mention to bother. In addition to that, um, we have a First Amendment that says. That, that nothing can usurp that, that constitution. Now, I get it. I get it. This is a scary time. This is a time where people are very, very concerned. I'm concerned. You know, I made sure that my parents stay home. They don't go anywhere. And it's because I, th- there's a risk, and I don't want that. Okay, but it's a choice. It's a freedom that we have as individuals, okay? But I'm going to go a little bit further than that in just a minute. But it's our freedoms, 
that we have to make that decision and make that choice. Um, just before that, President Trump came out and said that churches were essential. They were essential. Well, after this happened, um, and this man got arrested, Governor DeSantis came out with an executive order, and this is what it states, that religious services conducted in churches, synagogues, and houses of worship are essential activities. He went further and stated that that executive order cannot be usurped by a county um, or a municipality. So no municipality now in the state of Florida can usurp that law um, as a result of of this issue and, and what Governor DeSantis came out and did. This thing has traveled around the world. The next Sunday, the pastor elected not to have services, not for this reason. Guess why? They had gotten so many death threats that they were so concerned for the safety of their people that they end up not having church service. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of them, not the death threats, but a lot of the stuff that I was hearing was coming from Christians that didn't even know the story. You see, we're good at that. We're Christians are really good at that. And, and God help us. God help us for that. Um, this is what the pastor said. <clears throat> He's not one of our denominations. This is what he said. He said that a church body of believers can't be substituted online, especially for people who do not have access to the internet or their internet is slow to watch a video. Our church's mission is to save the lost. And there's no substitute for meeting together. Hebrews 10.25 says this, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as ye see the day approaching. That's there for a reason. That is there for a reason. Matthew 18.20 says this, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. It doesn't say on Zoom. (laughs) Number four, Daniel did not change his habits based on government laws. Daniel did not change his habits based on government laws. In Daniel 6.10 it says this, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This is a habit that Daniel had. Daniel did this every single day. This is not something new that Daniel did. He's been doing this. This has been going on probably Daniel's whole life. Now, Daniel got the order, and he saw the order. He saw what um, the order was. He saw the consequences of the order, and what did he do? He did exactly what he used to. Now, think about this for a minute, okay? This is a really bad situation. I bet Darius doesn't even know um, that, that they were targeting me, Daniel. So, I, I, so let, me, let me do this. Let me think about this. I'm not going to quit praying. I'm just not going to open my windows. I mean, God can, like, hear beyond my window, right? So I'll just I'll, I'll pray, but I'm just going to keep my windows closed because, I mean... You don't want to, like, cause some opposition. You don't want to stir up a bunch of, of, of controversy, do you? I mean, like, you know, getting thrown in a lion's den. Or maybe, oh, here's one. Maybe, I know what I'll do. I'll leave the windows open, and I'll just, I'll leave all my windows open. I'll just open all my windows, and I'll just casually just be like I'm enjoying the sunshine. I'll kind of lean out the window, you know, and I'll leave my eyes open. I mean, you can do that. It's legal. And I'll just pray that way. And 
And that way, I mean, so the guys won't really catch me doing something really bad and, and you know, actually praying to my God, and that way I'll, I'll be good. Daniel didn't do that, did he? Daniel knew the consequences, and he did exactly what he's done for years. He did what he did aforetime. He's done it before. He did it again, and he did not stop. Now, was that something that God called Daniel to do? Was that something that, that was like, I mean, you know, it, was it something he didn't, he wasn't forsaken as God if he didn't pray, did he? Well, I mean, would, would that be, would, you see my point? Daniel did exactly what he said, what he's always done. He prayed to his God. You see, 30 states have directly put restrictions on churches or religious activity during this coronavirus outbreak. Some of them, perhaps, with good intentions. Um, I would get the impression from Daniel 6 that, that Darius probably had good intentions. I mean, it wasn't like he was targeting Daniel, but I think he got caught up in, uh, in the hype of it. Not all, not all organizations, not all states have good intentions and cities, but some of them I'm sure they do. Mayor de Blasio, New York City, in a news conference, he said this, quote, I want to say that all those who are preparing for the potential religious services this weekend, if you go to a synagogue, if you go to a church and attempt to, and attempt to hold services after having been told so often not to, our enforcement agents will come and have no choice but to shut down those services, end of quote. And I bet he'll also be looking for those 32-ounce Slurpees that they've outlawed in New York City. Interesting, de Blasio made no mention of the 100-plus mosques in New York City. I wonder why he didn't mention those. Police stormed two independent Baptist churches in Greenville, Mississippi, citing the pastors and congregation for unlawful assembly, even though there were cars, um, even though they were in their cars. So over 20 police cars show up at this church and um, basically threaten the pastor, uh, threaten the, the, um, the congregants that they could not meet in church and specifically in their cars. What they were doing is they were doing outdoor service like a lot of churches are doing. You come up, pull up in your car, um, and keep your windows up. They'll do the service with speakers, and, and that's where a lot of churches are doing their services. Twenty police cars. I went and checked out their police department. That was the entire um, Greenville, Mississippi police force that showed up um, to, to threaten this independent Baptist pastor. And I'm sure during that period of time for him to do that, there was nothing else going on. I mean, there was no drug dealing going on, I'm sure. There was nothing else going on. They just needed to focus their attention on this church service because something could be happening really bad there. In addition to that, um, another church... Uh, nearby, they also did the same thing, but they actually gave gave out um, five hundred dollar citations and basically threatened. And it was really f- interesting because the officers, there's videos of the officers, and they were not practicing um, social distancing, um, nor did they have on any um, mask or anything of that nature. So <clears throat> that's that's what they need to be doing is going after. Churches, both of those independent Baptist churches. In Maryville, a Baptist church in Hillville, Kentucky, at Hillville, Kentucky, Hillview, Kentucky, it's actually right outside Louisville. It's another independent Baptist church. Um, 
the state police uh, came to them and threatened them and told them that if they were to continue their services, that they could be um, they could be arrested as a misdemeanor, um, etc. So the governor, the mayor of let me re- back up, the mayor of Louisville, he had an order that Christians could not attend Sunday services, and this is during Easter weekend, um, even if they remain in their cars to worship, and even though it was Easter, that's the mayor of Louisville. I am so thankful that the Department of Justice stepped in and said, no, we're not going to do that. Now, let me tell you the significance of that. If we did not have the administration that we have right now in place, if this would have been mm, four years ago, what do you think would have happened? We perhaps would have had a lot of Christians go out there with the ungodly and say, look, they're, they're disobeying the law. Romans 13. Romans 13. Kentucky Governor Andy Besher announced that the state would enforce stay-at-home measures by recording license plates at any person attending Easter services. Though pet stores, superstores, and liquor stores are open for business because they are essential services. You're going to get opposition if you take a stand. You're going to get it. How far are we going to go before you take a stand? How far will our nation go before you take a stand? If you don't exercise your your freedoms, you will lose them. Number five, Daniel faced the consequences of the government's laws. In verse 14, it says this, Then the king, when he heard these words, he was sore displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Now, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which a king establisheth may be changed. Good news, Hill, Hillsborough County Commission openly said, we made a mistake. We went a little bit too far. Openly, they made that statement. Then six, Daniel, his disobedience to government's laws was a testimony to the world of who God is. It was a testimony of the world who God is. In 27, it says this, Daniel six twenty seven. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of um, the lions. See, his, his testimony, it was a testimony to the world what Daniel did. And I want to say this. These issues, these incidents, there are hundreds of the ones that I'm giving you tonight. And I'm not making that up. There's hundreds of them. Okay? I I could be here all night long giving you case after case where this is happening. They are coming after the church, folks. This is just a really cool way of doing it. It's a good excuse. Think about it. There are 25 million accidents. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. There's five and a half million accidents car crashes in the United States. There's 2.2 million injuries. There's estimated number of people that have lost their lives in car crashes are somewhere around 40,000 people. What if the government decided that there's way, way too many accidents, it's taxing our healthcare system, and we need to have just essential services on the roads And really, on Sundays and Wednesdays, churches are non-essential. What you going to do? I mean, they could make that a law. What are you going to do with it? And then point number seven is this. Daniel's obedience to God changed 
government's laws. If Daniel had not had 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 obeyed the law of Darius, it would have never changed that law. That law would have never changed. If he had not taken a stand, this law would have never changed. In verse 25, I'm going to back up to 25, it says this, And King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwelled dwelleth in the earth, uh, dwell in, the, in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a de- decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall, even, shall be even unto the end. The state of Florida has made an executive order that has established that it cannot be usurped by counties because, I believe, because of that pastor in Hillsborough County getting arrested. Because he came out and made that clarification right after that, that pastor got arrested. The day after he came out and clarified, this is an executive order and county and local county governments can't usurp it. And it was very specific on this because it's really, people don't really know if the rest of his executive order is the same, has the same bearing. Everybody's trying to figure that out because he kind of made a statement that would elude it wasn't. But this one he did. He made that because of what? Somebody took a stand and got arrested. Now bless this pastor's heart, I don't even think he knew he was taking a stand. (laughs) I don't really think he did at the time. But he took a stand. And he got arrested, and government said, whoa, let's back this thing off a little bit. Let's not do that. All across the United States, this stuff is happening as we speak right now. Now, I'm not suggesting, and I want you to understand that, that people on the Internet, they're watching, saying, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's really, really pushing hard. We need to be showing up. I'm not saying that. You do what is between you and God and how you feel. There are people that are highly susceptible to, to possibly getting something like this. And if they did, uh, they may not make it. I understand that. And don't think that I'm doing something or saying something that I'm not. What I am saying is Romans 13 is not the place that you go when it's between serving God or ser- serving government. That's not where you go for that, because that's not what that's about at all. There's a story that in Peter, um, it's in Acts 5, I'm sorry, Acts 5, that Peter, um, him and the apostles, they were in Jerusalem, and they were preaching, they were going at it. This is, this is my version, okay, this is Randy Osborne uh, version of Acts 5. They were going at it. People were getting saved, multitudes were getting saved, thousands of people were coming to Christ. And he and the disciples were going at it. Well, the, the government, the Sanhedrin at the time, this is who the government was at that time, they were like, we got to stop this. So they went out and arrested Peter and the disciples. They went arrest them, threw them in jail. Well, <clears throat> that lasted eh, about the middle of the night. And, and, and God said, yeah, let's just let them out because they're doing great. He, they got out. They were singing praising, praises. They got out. And the Sanhedrin were like, whoa, we thought we had put these guys in jail. Well, they were out preaching. In the synagogues, they were going, they were going at it again. Well, they said, we've got to do something about this. So they met with them, and they said, look, uh, you guys got to quit. You've got to stop this. They actually... Um, they actually went and had a discussion with one of the the greatest um, people that's in government that was known at that time. He was a biblical scholar. They went and had a meeting with him. They said, look, um, this guy's out preaching Jesus, and we got to stop this. He said, well, here's the the thing. If, If it's not real, it's going to fall apart. But guess what? It was real. So they went back to him and said, you've got to stop. You've got to stop preaching. And what did Peter say? What did Peter say? This is what he said. Verse 29, 529. Then Peter and other disciples answered and said, we ought to obey God 
rather than man. We ought to obey God rather than men. You see, if you don't live out your faith, you will lose it. The world is watching. And I thank God for churches like King James Bible Baptist Church. I wonder what version they, they use. You ever wonder? I thank God for Maryville Baptist Church. I thank God for, um, for other churches across our nation that have, that have taken a stand, not, not an arrogant stand, but a stand for Jesus Christ. You see, in Central Baptist Church and other churches even in our community, the world is watching. Christians around the world are being persecuted. And many of them have, have, it has cost them their lives because they have assembled together in a church. There are people, I've, I've, I was going to actually read something out of this book about a church that it cost them their lives, viciously murdered for the cause of Christ, but very viciously murdered because they were assembling together in a church. Okay? If the government came in tomorrow and said, we can't meet anymore, you can't meet anymore, forget the, ex- forget the reason. What would we do? Would, we, would, I, would you be here? Would I be here? Do you ever think of that? Internet. Would you be here? We're going to lose our freedoms if we don't take a stand for Christ. I thank God for the people that took a stand because of that stand they took, because of what Daniel did, because of what these churches have done. Now the Justice Department is saying, we're going to step in, we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to quail this thing, we're going to stop this thing. You don't have the right to usurp the United States Constitution. See, that is the final authority in the United States of America, is that United States Constitution. A Christian's final authority, you ready for this? Is the word of God. It's the word of God. Let's act like it and let's treat it like it. Let's pray.